0: You are now listening to Supernatural Breakthrough with Mike Signorelli. The unseen realm, ancient wisdom, and your freedom awaits in this episode. Remember, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, a new episode drops. Come on, let's jump right in. We are going to tell you the dark and depressing reasons why our relationship failed, because our relationship did fail. fail. And we, we, um, we have... We have to tell you about that. And I want you to stick around because if you are currently in a relationship, it might be headed for failure even though you're in love right now. Or um, let's be honest, you might understand why your relationship failed. And it gives you an insight because God prepared you for another person and it is not going to mess up because you saw this video. So without any um, delay, we're gonna jump right in. Number one, our relationship failed because of lying. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there was there was a lot of different kinds of lying. And, you know, I mean, it was like you were lying to me. I was lying to myself, you know, because you want us think like, you know, he was struggling with addiction. Um, he was, you know, in inappropriate relationships. And it was one of those things where – I'm lying to myself thinking like, I'm going to keep this together, you know, like, I'll make it fine. I'll be okay. Like, so it was, it was a lot of lying and you might think like, well, that's worse than what he did is worse than what I did. But really you just have to get down to the truth. Like, what is the truth? You know, what's the truth about myself? Can you look in the mirror and say, I got to be honest with myself. This is unhealthy. This is toxic um this is not godly um you know and there came a point where i had to be willing to do the work with the lord whether he did it or not like i didn't really care if he didn't want to get healthy i i wanted to be healthy yeah so um it's one of those things where i had to take my my battle with you in prayer because up until that point we were just disagreeing arguing On not on the same page. And so I had to take my battle in prayer and do the work myself, even though he was like unwilling at that time to work on it. So, no, let me
0: just tell you why lying was huge. Why men lie, because this is going to give you the inside track. We've counseled hundreds of couples over the last 15 years of ministry. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you why men lie straight up because we're confused. We literally love you and we lust after other people at the same time. And that's the realest thing you're gonna hear, but, and I know it's brutal, but it's the reality because our sexuality is not limited to just one person. And so what happens in a man's heart is he gets super confused because it's like, I love my wife, but I lust after these other women at the same time. And you lie because you want both of those things to be possible. And I know that's not right. And if you're watching this and you're a liar, just like I was. Here's the thing, learn how to die to self. You know what? You're not gonna stop being attracted to other women. You've gotta stop acting on that attraction. Jesus said, if you wanna be one of my followers, take up my cross. Take up your cross and follow me. And so we gotta teach our men how to suffer very well. Get good at suffering. I was not good at suffering. I wanted to go for comfort to alcohol comfort to another woman. And I was lying, but I had to learn how to suffer well. Listen, I want to smoke a cigarette. I want to drink alcohol. I want to have sex with multiple women, but I suffer well. (laughs) Um, But listen, so a lot of people think, oh, Pastor Mike's better than me. No. I suffer better than you. You're not good at suffering yet, and to be a disciple, you got to get good at mm-hmm. suffering. And so it's like, like, I don't, I didn't stop being tempted. I stopped giving in to the temptation. And a lot of people think, oh, they don't understand. They're not like me. No, you're right. I'm not like you. I suffer better than you do, yeah. and this too shall pass. So number two, we got to jump mm-hmm. in. Um, we're talking about marriage why relationships fail number two jealousy i'm going to tackle this one for the note takers i was jealous of my wife yeah i was jealous because i had multiple abusive stepdads who beat me physically abused me emotionally and walked out of me to go binge on drugs crack cocaine and left me in a situation where my family was always eating out of pantries um, always, I mean, I went to bed hungry. My wife went on Disney vacations twice a year for her entire life because she had a mommy and a daddy who loved her and took care of her. So I was jealous of her. And I would say, You don't know my pain, you've never hurt the way I did. And the jealousy that I carried against my own wife caused division between us. Mm-hmm. Julie, yeah, what, what felt, was that like being on the receiving end of my jealousy? Because well, like our relationship failed. You felt like a victim. Yeah,
1: yeah, because I that was not my fault. You know, some of you who married really broken people, sometimes it's, you know, um, sometimes it's the husband and sometimes it's the wife. But when you get married to really broken people and you kind of have your life together, it will put such a resent. I was just very resentful. I felt like a victim because I'm like, none of this is my fault. Like, it's not my fault that I was born to really great parents. It's not my fault that my childhood was, you know, incredible. I mean, it really was. I don't know how else to explain it. It was it was really great. And then I come into this marriage where now I'm dealing with a bunch of baggage that was never mine. But here's here's the thing is that once you get married... It is yours because you're one. And so I kept being like, oh, that's his stuff. And um, and then I then I tried to carry it in a codependent way. But there's a godly way to be one and to journey through your pain together and not isolated, but also not take unnecessary responsibility. Um we won't get into that because that's a whole that's like a whole nother like episode. What I had had to
0: eventually learn is that Julie was also a hurting person. She was just hurting differently than me. And for many of you guys who are jealous, when you can start to see the pain in your spouse and you say, they're hurting different than me. See, when you're selfish, what happens is you only think about your pain. In the medical community, they have an acronym for pain. P stands for pay right yeah a stands for attention i stands for inside and n stands for now pay attention inside now and when you feel pain it's your body screaming pay attention inside now yeah. so when you're in pain you pay attention to your insides but you ignore your spouse's pain and if you're if you're jealous of your spouse the number one way to kill that jealousy Is to ask yourself, how are they hurting differently than me? Mm -hmm. I will tell you this. I have now become a grown man, and I've gone to Disney many times, Mm -hmm. and my trips to Disney have never taken away my pain. Just like her trips to Disney as a kid didn't take away her pain either. We all hurt differently and you need to unite over your pain instead of divide over your pain. Number three, we've got to pick up the pace because I want you to stick around for the entire duration of this video. And if you click off, you're going to miss your next level. And if you click off, you might end up in a divorce or you might end up being one of those single people who thinks you know what it takes to have a good marriage, but it's all going to crash and burn because you didn't finish watching this teaching. So stay on. Number three, poor communication. I just want to tell you like this, straight up. My wife got a four-year degree in communications, but it did not teach her how to communicate to me. You- For
1: six years. Yeah. <laughs> I got two yeah, degrees. Two degrees. <laughs> Fail.
0: You could go and and to college to become a communicator and not know how to communicate to your spouse. I'll tell you this yeah. straight up. For all the lovely ladies out there, If if I were, if Julie were to pass away and I became a widower and I decided that I was going to now get married again, being a good communicator to her does not make me a good communicator to you. I would literally go back down to zero. I've become like a seven, eight, nine in my ability to communicate to Julie. I will go down to a one or a zero for you. And I say that because you've got to learn your spouse. Yeah. You gotta learn how to communicate to them. You know, I the I had to read the book on the manual of how to operate a Julie <laughs> Owens Signorelli communication. Yeah. And so we were very bad at communicating with each Two different other. pages. Go ahead and to share your thoughts about that.
1: Well, I think like we I mean, I feel like we could not be more opposite. Like there's things we have in common. Um, but For the most part, like if there's fight or flight, he's fight, I'm flight. If there's like, let's talk about it or shut down, he's let's talk about it and I'm shut down. So we just spent so many Saturdays. And if you've ever had a dysfunctional marriage, you understand what I'm getting ready to say. Saturdays were the worst day of the entire week. Because we were at work all week, we were busy, we were doing things. And then Saturday, now we're stuck in this house together, and our communication would explode every single Saturday, every single work holiday. Like, and for those of you who've had this kind of marriage, you understand what I'm talking about, and you've lived this life. So you identify immediately if you've had a good marriage or you've had a normal one, you won't know, you won't understand this weekend plight. But I would just dread coming. I would dread the weekend. I just it was so difficult because I knew that we were going to have to communicate inside of a house. In fact, I would find things to do without him and he would find things to do without me. And so that communication, we just gave up on it. And then we just became so isolated, doing our own thing, having our own um, agendas and it it was just a really dark lonely time, you know, because yeah. we want it's so weird. You your spouse can be your worst enemy, but you both want the same thing. You both want to feel understood, you both want to feel seen, you both want to feel desired. And if you can't find that in each other, the first thing that people will do will go find that somewhere else. So
0: yeah, drop a comment and just simply say amen if this is bearing witness with your soul. I need to see your names because I want you to participate in this right now. Don't miss out on this. Now, here's what happens. our communications poor? So then I convince myself another woman would do a better job of communicating. Another woman would do better. Another woman, so you see, that's the lie. And here's the thing, the grass is not greener on the other side. Yeah, Y'all, the grass is greener where you water it. (laughs) And we didn't want to water the grass of our own relationship. And so there is the deception, poor communication. Yeah. Now, here's the good news. You can get better. I, you, can you,
1: I say something? Say it. Okay. You, for those of you who are struggling in your marriage and want restoration, I want you to hear me loud and clear. You, birds of a feather, flock together. Okay, okay. If you are around, I've seen this hundreds of times, like so many times, is you have to be, you have to put yourself in a situation. If you want your marriage to reconcile, you have to put yourself in the company of people who also want that. I got around people who agreed with me and also were like, yeah, girl, it's done. Like, you need to move on. You need to turn the page. Like, And man, that got in my head and I did not want to improve my communication. I did not want to improve my trust. And I literally watched as my life was becoming their life. And all of a sudden, one day, my eyes were open and I was like, I have got to change my environment. And I changed relationships. I changed associations. I got around people who started cheerleading me for my marriage. And if that got down to like, Two people, then so be it. Like, it was fine. Because if you put yourself in the company of those who are cheering on the demise of your covenant, you will definitely see the end of that relationship.
0: Understand- Understand that that's my two
1: cents. <laughs> some,
0: Understand that sometimes it's not a person talking to you, it's a demon talking through that person. Yes. You can't believe yes. in the ministry of deliverance and not believe that demons are talking to you through people. And some see, covenant, the covenant of marriage is instituted by God. Marriage was God's idea. He gave a helpmate to Adam called Eve. And so Adam did not come up with the idea of marriage. Adam expressed his loneliness and Adam expressed that he needed a helpmate and God instituted the covenant of marriage. And so demons hate marriage. They hate covenant. Matter yeah. of fact, the greatest wealth generating institution on the planet is not a government. It's not an enterprise or a business. It's marriage. Money is generated as a result of the covenant of marriage. Marriage is a powerful powerful covenant and the enemy hates marriage. And so you will be talking to somebody thinking you're getting advice from your girlfriend, but you're getting invited you're getting um advice from demons within your girlfriends. Because demons hate covenant. They're covenant yeah. breakers. They're they're covenant breakers. Matter of fact, what what is Um, Can I get an amen, by the way? I (laughs) want to see some new names in the chat. I'm seeing the same names. If you're watching this right now and you've never commented, I want to see some new names right now. Come on, shout me down. Give me some amens because I know I'm spitting facts to you. Listen, of course your mama agrees with you. But your mama's been divorced three times. Of course she agrees with you. Come on, if you're a bloodline curse breaker, you got to talk to people who have gotten what you want. They can't give you what they never got. Of course, your mama agrees. Y'all. Of
1: course, your friends are like, yeah, you're right. You know, and even if you're like, oh, no, we're we're not going to touch that subject with the 10 foot pole. The bottom line is, is you are who you hang around. It's so true. Well, listen, they're jealous
0: of your marriage. They're trying to bring you down to their level and they're trying to convince you that your relationships had end. So it makes them feel better about their relationship that ended. But I want to talk to number four guys. We're blazing through. This might be one of the most important videos that you ever watch, which is why you need to hit that subscribe button right now. Make sure you're following, make sure you're connected guys. You're not going to get this. People pay thousands of dollars and several months in counseling to get what we're giving you in minutes. Matter of fact, it cost us a lot of time and money. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) next one, number four. Marriages fail, relationships fail, even godly ones, because of the lack of respect. Mm -hmm. Now, I felt disrespected by my wife.
1: I didn't respect you. What? I didn't respect you. Yeah,
0: but I felt disrespected because I would say, I'm going to work, I'm paying your bills, I'm being consistent, what else do you want? I'm tired, I'm exhausted, and I felt disrespected. At the time, I was an artist. I was making music. I was selling albums, touring, getting asked to go play uh, very prestigious venues, meeting these guys that had gold records, video game placement, and I was like, what else do I have to do to earn my wife's respect? She didn't respect me. So, Julie, can you explain what it's like to not respect your husband, even though they're working a job, even though they're in their hobbies and the things they're doing are they're very well respected by other people. You know, how could I have 400 people show up to the House of Blues in Chicago and sell records and go to Columbia to play for 2,000 people and they respect me, but a prophet in his hometown's without honor. Like, you know, why would other people listen to me preach, but you didn't want to listen to what I had to say? What's that like? Because help the other men who are watching who also don't feel respected by their wife understand how it's possible to be a respectable person, but disrespected by your wife. I know this teaching has been so good but I wanted to pause for a second because I want to connect with you. Go to MikeSignorelli.com. Tell me your story. Check out all these resources I have available for you. And would you consider financially partnering? It's because people say, I'm going to join my finances with this podcast that we're able to reach so many people around the world. And I'll tell you this, we are good soil to sow into. So I'll see you at MikeSignorelli.com. And thank you so much for your financial gift. Okay, let's jump back in.
1: I mean, I didn't respect you because, like, I you were you were fake to me. I was like, I don't, you're not real. You know what I mean? Like, you weren't. There was no fruits of the spirit like in our home behind the scenes. Now we were in counseling at this point. We were working on it, but things don't change overnight. Now looking back, I should have given respect, even though it wasn't earned. Like. Somebody, remember we talked about a few weeks ago, someone's got to be the redeemer first. Someone's got to be Jesus first. Like I should have just projected that respect on you and been like, listen, this isn't deserved, but I'm going to give it anyways. Now I did that in a later season. But when we talk about like the disrespect that you really struggled with, it was just like, you're fake to me. I'm not buying it. And so men, I would say, if you want respect, be a man that like, a woman wants to respect. You know, now women, here you go. This is the other part of it. Um you're going to have to give it even though he doesn't deserve it because men thrive on it. Like the other day I was teasing Mike, um he was like super focused on a task he was working on. And I came in there with like a huge cheesy smile. We love uh seltzer water. And so I came in there with a the seltzer water and I'm like I get you a drink, sir. And I'm like smiling and being all cheesy, like clearly, um, you know, teasing him, making a point like, hey, smile. (laughs) And uh, sure enough, like he smiled at me. We laughed and the whole energy of the room completely changed. It was tense, you know, and not at me, just about like what he was working on. And then all of a sudden it changed. And so I think respect is like that. It's like the thermostat in your home. Like, don't give it. And you're going to see the heat shoot way up. But if you give it, you have control, ladies. Like, we have control. They may not have earned it. They may not deserve it. They might be not worthy of respect. But you know what? We're not really worthy of forgiveness. And so we have to, we can't fight um, a spirit with the same spirit. You can't fight disrespect with disrespect. You have to fight it with an opposite spirit. So the opposite of disrespect is respect. I'm going to give it even though you haven't earned it. There are times, believe it or not, that we have, you know, tension over this issue or another. And I sometimes I am disrespectful or vice versa. And then I'm like, get so convicted. And I'm like, okay, I've got to fix this. Like, I've got to change this, you know. And then when things were really bad in our marriage, the more I disrespected, it was like gasoline on a fire. Like, I'm disrespecting him to prove a point. But the only point it's making is that, you know, I'm nothing like Jesus. You know, I'm just an accuser. And that's the language of the enemy. And so sometimes our disrespect is just those repeated accusations over and over and over. Now, I was wrong. I have every right to feel disrespected. I had every right to feel the way that I did. But see, that's the that's the wisdom of man. But the wisdom of heaven is this is a covenant. I want this to be a godly home. I want this to be a godly environment. It doesn't mean that he, at the time, he wasn't being very godly, but I I am the thermostat. The respect, whoever's giving it, is setting the thermostat of the home. That's it. So, I don't know.
0: Listen, right now, I want every single person who can hear my voice to drop the fire emoji in the comment section now. And, that, and if you drop that fire emoji, what you're saying is, I'm ready to do my part. I'm ready now. I I heard this loud and clear. Now, guys, we just got a little bit more, and I really appreciate you sticking around and not clicking off of this teaching because we believe so much that it's going to change your life and your relationships forever, okay? Now, here's the thing about respect. My wife did not respect my accomplishments. She wanted me to be a man of God that actually had the fruits of the Spirit in my life. And so it's possible to go to go to work and bring a paycheck, but not actually be a man of God. And so she would rather me literally make a little bit of money, but me be a man of God, than make a lot of money, but come home full of sin. And for a lot of the men listening right now, it's hard for you to understand that because you're just like, but I don't understand. I pay all the bills. Well, if you got a Christian woman, money is not her only metric. She'd rather you have the fruits of the spirit and a little bit of money than the fruits of the flesh (laughs) and have a lot of money, okay? And so the thing that I need you to help you understand is that, and that's why I'm asking, okay, last one. Number five, our relationship failed because of difference in priorities. We had different life goals. At one point, I was a high school teacher, and then I started businesses, grant writers. Uh, I used to own a whole bunch of dot-coms. I had a portfolio of websites. I was doing social media management for companies back in the 2010s. Uh, I was doing all kinds of stuff, and so, you know, my priority was that. Then my priority was music. I thought that I could be a famous artist and famous musician, and that was my priority. Julie's priority was the family, taking care of the kids, you know, building a home. And so we had different mismatched priorities. And I want to end on this. And We're just going to do this quickly because we're about to get to the very end of this teaching. Um, and then we're going to pray. We're going to pray for your marriage. We're going to pray for your relationship. And I believe that prayer is going to be powerful. So this last one, there's a difference in priorities. And when you have a difference in priorities, you have to communicate direction. And we needed to work that out. How are we going to make these two two um, worlds meet? And so, Julie, maybe you've got some insight into priorities. How did we eventually sync up? Because what happens is, watch this, one vision plus another vision creates division. There, there can't be two visions.
1: Yeah. There can
0: only be one. So how did we get on the same page?
1: Well, I mean... We just really, we had to come in humility to really one another. But I think it started, I mean, it started with me, you know, just being like, all right, I can't control this situation in the flesh, but I can control it. I can control me in the spirit. So I started praying prayers for my husband. Um, I've talked about this a lot. The book, Power of a Praying Wife, that was very helpful in that season I didn't know what to pray. So I just read her prayers out loud, you know. Um, prayers that avail much. I read that, but you know, I was just whatever I could do, like um, to try to change the atmosphere. So I it had to start with me. And then after enough prayer, I think that the Holy Spirit convicted you, and then we were able to get on the same page. Um, and so we just had to come in humility to one another, like. You are going to feel like you're done. Di- this is not easy. You're not going to feel spiritual. You're not going to feel special. I remember thinking like, I would rather die than to say nice things to him. I would rather die than to apologize for something that I'm not sorry for. You know, I I, I felt like my flesh, like I felt like I was dying physically. Like that's how it felt. It felt so like annoying and frustrating but um, you really just have to be willing to die daily to your flesh and marriage. Somebody's, you have to do this every day.
0: The way that you get a singular vision is somebody's vision has to die.
1: Yeah. And
0: I know that sounds brutal, but God asked that of us. So he's like, Abraham, go kill Isaac because your vision has to die. And so when he brought Isaac up and he went to go kill him, Abraham's vision died and he died to self And then there was a ram in the thicket, and all of a sudden, God gave Abraham the true vision, which required faith. And so for many of you, I'm speaking to a lot of the wives right now, you know, what does your husband care about? What vision does he have? And I bet if you would be willing to take your spiritual Isaac and take that vision and kill it and say, you know what, husband, I'm going to go all in on your vision, then all of a sudden the husband now may say, wow, what a heart of humility of my wife. I know I have her respect. I know I have her support. And now we're going to be unified. And I'm telling you, I know for many of you, there's such a fight. I told this to a woman yesterday in V1 College because she was like, well, my husband doesn't care about ministry. My husband doesn't care about, you know, um, spiritual things. And, you know, how do we get on the same page? I'm like, okay, care about what he cares about. If he cares about football, then you watch the V1 Church live stream, turn that live stream off when service is over and set up a Super Bowl party with wings and nachos and stuff like that and put your jersey on and pretend you care about it. Because you've got to learn how to serve him. The definition of being in marriage is two servants trying to outserve each other. And if you care about football, maybe he'll start caring about church. And it's like you. So for some of us, we become so heavenly minded; we're no earthly good. Yeah. It's like cook your husband a meal if that's his love language, you know. And it's like. For some, I think sometimes we can become overly spiritual, and your man didn't marry a pastor. Yeah. He didn't marry a prophetess. And he didn't marry his mom. He either. married you because he <laughs> wanted to have sex with you, because yeah. he wanted to have conversations with you. Because it's like, and then now you're like, well, let's start a ministry. He didn't marry you to be a ministry partner. And so you got to go back to that place and serve him. Then the Lord will actually, because watch this, he will fight your battles for you. The Lord, the Holy Spirit will convict your husband. The Holy Spirit will move. So that's all five, guys. We're going to pray right now.
1: Oh, wait. wait, I want to read this really quick. Yeah,
0: read that verse and we're going to pray. So if you're
1: curious if your actions are godly or ungodly, I just want to read this to you and you can, um, you know, go from there. (laughs) Now, the works of the flesh are evident: sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity. We all know that, right? but hold on strife jealousy fits of anger rivalries dissensions and divisions That's envy it. drunkenness orgies and things like these i want i want i warn you as i warn you before that those th- those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of god i want to inherit the kingdom of god That's inside it. of our marriage well
0: let's pray i want to pray for your marriages and your relationships father i thank you for every single marriage represented God, I believe that even if a wrong choice was made, that you said you'll turn around all things for our good, which means you are going to take a sinner and make him a saint. You're gonna take someone who's grouchy, grumbling, complaining, and bring the fruits of your spirit through their life. I just bind and rebuke every spirit that has fought against every marriage under the sound of my voice. And I command you to loose them and let them go. I break your contract and your assignment in the name of Jesus now. And Father, I just thank you that you are moving and you are working in the relationships, even the single ones who are watching. God, that they're going through this season, and it's going to be a season of purity and preparation for their spouse to come. And Lord, I just thank you that as we have taught through these five Things that kill relationships. Lord, that you would use this teaching as seeds that go into the soil of their soul, and you would cause them to germinate and take root. And God, they would have the marriage of their dreams as a result of this teaching. And Lord, that there would be many, many, many canceled divorces and many, many marriages that will flourish as a result of this teaching in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are coming to the end of yet another incredible time together. Every Monday, every Wednesday, and Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am posting a new podcast so that you can be equipped and learn and grow. And you know, if you got this far, you may want additional mentorship and you may want to connect with me on a deeper level, which is why I have the Breakthrough Community. If you visit MikeSignorelli.com or BreakthroughTeaching.com, you can become a monthly financial partner. For $27 a month, or $297 for the entire year, you can come into the Breakthrough Community. We do monthly Zooms. Yes, monthly Zooms. It's wild. People from all over the world are there, including prophetic seminars and teachings that literally are banned on other platforms. All of it's waiting for you, including a private Facebook group with all of the other Breakthrough Community members. So again, go to MikeSignorelli.com or BreakthroughTeaching.com And become a monthly partner. I can't wait to see you there. And I will see you in the next podcast episode.